This is Matt. And this is Tony. And this is What Do We Miss? A podcast where we explore our pop culture blind spots one episode at a time. And we're here for a special bonus episode. This is a bit of a follow-up. We did an episode on fish a few months ago. Yeah, uh, to date it is our um, our blockbuster episode. Got a lot of attention. And uh, probably the most feedback we've gotten for many of the episodes. And I think the one piece of feedback we, we got almost universally was, uh, unless you see fish live, you're kind of missing the whole picture. As luck would have it, uh, shortly after that episode went live, Fish announced what they called the Island Tour 2.0. I guess they did a tour of Rhode Island and Long Island 20 years ago. So they're in Providence. We happened to be fortunate to get our hands on a couple of tickets. So we listened to what uh, Fish fans were telling us, and we are we're seeing the band live tonight. So my big question for you is, are you going to get a t-shirt? Uh, no. Is that because you don't want to fit in with all the, the... Do they call them fish heads? I don't know what they call them. It has nothing to do with the band. I, uh, you know, if if I have some sort of um, spiritual awakening and realize that I love fish, you know, I'll, uh, I'll get a t-shirt online. I don't want to carry it around, and they tend to be overpriced at the venue, so... Uh, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, but I'm not leaving the Dunkin' Donut Center with a fish t-shirt tonight. Are you getting a t-shirt, Matt? Probably not, no. Yeah, so I live about like two or three blocks from um, the Dunkin' Donut Center where we're going to see fish. And so I've been walking around, well, I, I was walking around earlier today, and I saw a lot of people with fish t-shirts. Yeah, well, this is the, the second of two nights, so I think uh, I think a lot of people are probably here for both. Um, and I imagine that they, you know, I don't know off the top of my head if this is sort of the beginning, middle, or end of this little tour they're doing, but I would imagine there are plenty of people who are here for both nights who also saw whatever came before this. And, you know, I, I, until like an hour ago, you know, it's right after Thanksgiving, uh, I've been doing housework the last couple of weekends, but I got in the car and, uh, just like kind of for kicks, put on the playlist that Chris Knott, who is our guest on the fish episode, made for us. And I kind of got excited. It just like, it felt, I listened to it so much for that episode and I haven't listened to it since. It's been months. And it's just, I'm like, oh, this is very like familiar. And it just, it felt nice. It felt like a nice sweater. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. That's great. Uh, when we got the tickets, I, I told Chris and he was really disappointed that he couldn't go with us. And he's actually not going to be at this show tonight. He was at the show last night. And I believe he's going to another show, maybe in New York. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, but he, he was like, oh, I really wish I could be there for, for you to experience this for the first time. And so I've, I've talked to a few other friends. I have another friend, Andy, who um, listens to Fish, who went and saw them the last time they performed up in Boston. And um, he told me the first time that he saw them, he was just like, this is awful. I hate this. They're terrible. And the second time he saw him, he said it was transcendent. And that's what convinced him. And I kind of get that. And and Chris had kind of told us that on his episode that like, you know, they're not consistent, but when they hit, they, you know, it's, it's awesome. So I'm really curious to see what the show is like. I think they play for like about three hours or so. Are you prepared for a long, long show? Yeah, I think so. I'm ready to strap in and I think a lot of fish fans in particular who listened to that episode and gave us some feedback thought we came down harder on the band than I felt like we actually did. I, you know, and I, I know 
whenever it's something you're very passionate about, it's it's tough to hear. Well, oh, it's not for me. And anytime someone's like, yeah, I don't get the Big Lebowski. I'm like, oh, you're some kind of monster, aren't you? And I, I, you know, I don't think we were too negative about the band. I think we recognized that it wasn't for us. But that said, I'm I'm not hoping for anything. But I am very excited that we have the opportunity to sort of, you know, kind of complete the picture for this first dive into this, you know, huge music phenomenon that we, up until a few months ago, really had no real handle on. Do you feel like the band is sort of because they don't put out a lot of recorded material anymore, do you feel like they're almost like a legacy act? Like a lot of these fans have, are longtime fans, or do you think they're the type of band that's still taking on a lot of new fans? I, You know, I have no idea of how to even answer that. You know, in, in a nice bit of synchronicity, my recommendation at the end of our Fish episode was to Chris was to go and listen to Ween, who I'm going to see in a couple of weeks as well. And they haven't put an album out since... I think 2007, uh, broke up for a couple years, got back together, and now they're just, you know, they're playing old stuff. And I'm very curious to see who's at that show because I've probably got a better handle on what'll clearly be old Ween fans versus people who have kind of come to them more recently. You know, that said, uh, if we see a lot of people at Fish who are in their early 20s, I think it's safe to say that whatever it is about the band that got folks our age and older into them I mean that's still relevant it's still very much a part of the cultural conversation and I think it attracts a certain kind of person and I think as long as they're standing and playing music they're always going to find new people to engage with it again like living downtown this past week everyone in in my building have been oh fish is coming it's really strange it feels like I don't know like we don't get in Providence massive shows that frequently and and this is two sold out shows and they sold out in like in minutes so uh it was crazy the fervor that everyone around here has been talking about and including like the people that work in my building and they're talking about you know like oh well we're gonna have security on stay uh, like coming in a little later in the day and staying a little later because of the fish show and I'm like what why like what's going on in the city that that's going to warrant that. But I guess they're expecting the just the chaos of a lot of people coming and going. And like I said earlier today, I was walking around and I was like, these people are definitely fish fans. And I went to go, I went to my favorite coffee shop, um, Bolt, um, and that's in, in this little hotel down the street. And um, I looked around and I'm like, these people all have fish shirts on, like all of them. So, <laughs> But I think it's kind of funny. In a weird way, I was just in Disney last week. And one interesting phenomenon in in Disney World is that people walk around like families walk around and they all have like the same shirt on or they all have on like Disney apparel. It's basically like when I was younger and we'd go to a show and someone already had the band's t-shirt on, we'd be like, oh, that guy, you don't want to be one of those guys. But it seems like that's the thing for fish shows. Like they all want to have their fish apparel and, and be a part of this thing that's maybe almost like a community maybe. Yeah, I think unlike, you know, there is that sort of, wasn't it, uh, Jeremy Piven's character in PCU. There's that scene where he's like, "Oh, you're you're wearing the shirt of the band you're going to see. Don't be that guy." And I think, I don't think fish fans have that. Like, oh, I got to make sure that other fish fans think I'm cool enough to be there. It's it seems to be much more of a communal sort of experience. And if you're there, you're there because you love the band. And if you love the band, then you're okay with everybody there. So like, who gives a shit? You know, 
what you do or do not wear to the concert, I guess, is sort of probably the thought process there. Yeah, I you know, I haven't walked around downtown, so I didn't get to see it. But I imagine that uh, it's our arena, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, so that's a lot of people. And, yeah, people following the band around. So, yeah, it's, I imagine it's bringing in a lot of bodies. So uh, I'm not surprised that people are sort of anticipating that, you know, from like a local business standpoint. The security thing is funny. You know, I can't imagine a, a you know, a group of rowdy fish fans throwing down at a bar like, uh, you know, some bros who followed their, you know, their their school's team up for a hockey game or something and start breaking bottles over people's heads. But I don't know. I've never been to a fish show. Who knows? Maybe someone will break a bottle over our head. Have you seen any shows at the Dunkin' Donuts Center? Like big rock band type shows? Um, I saw Star Wars in concert. That doesn't count. Uh, then no. I've seen quite a few bands there. I saw Smashing Pumpkins. When? Um, for the Melancholy and Infinite Sadness tour. So this is a long time ago. It was maybe 90, 96, 97. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw Nine Inch Nails there. Early 2000s when they released The Fragile. And it was like the type of show that convinced me they were a great band. Which is sort of what we're talking about with Fish, where people are like, oh, you have to see them live. Everyone has said that to us. Um, everyone who has listened to the episode that's a Fish fan has been like, oh, yeah, but really, you need to see them live. Uh, and for Nine Inch Nails, I was always like, oh, this is a, they're a pretty interesting band and, and there is some interesting stuff here and there. But I don't I don't know if I connect to any of this. And um, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Chilton, was like, uh, he's a pretty big fan. So he's like, oh, will you go with me? I don't have anyone to go with. I was like, yeah, of course. I, I'm curious. And it was one of those shows where it, it was transcendent. Like one of my favorite shows I've ever been to and I was just blown away with not only their performance but their willingness to um, experiment with the songs with texture and sound and noise and just kind of let everything kind of flow into each other Um, but they started off the show as amazing they had like a circular stage almost like a semicircle and there's a large curtain that went all the way up to the ceiling and they started playing this first song which is this really chunky kind of uh, syncopated dual rhythmic things going on, kind of driving. And the curtain stayed up for the whole first song, but they lit them with strobe lights from behind. But their shadows were massive, filling up the curtain, but the shadows would shift depending on the way the strobe light would change. And we were just in awe. And then after the first song, the curtain drops and every light in the building went on. And it was just like, I love this band. So, yeah, so like live shows can can do that, can really convince you on a band or or get you excited to maybe discover more about the band. Have you ever had any have you ever been to any live shows where where you all of a sudden were like, oh, yeah, I I get this now. This is great. I love this. I mean, I did see Nine Inch Nails when they were touring for that album Year Zero. And at that point, I had kind of checked out with them for a little bit. And I had a similar experience. I really liked the Downward Spiral and uh, the Fragile and some of the other stuff that he put out around that time. But that sort of reminded me that they were the band that I always thought they were. And yeah, their live show is ridiculous. Hmm. You know, I can't really think of one off the top of my head where I've had that experience. For me, I've never, I've never gone to a show that I wasn't already like really on board with. I think this is the first time I'm seeing a band. Uh, that I already wasn't pretty passionate about, you know, festival stuff aside. But yeah, 
Yeah, I do not have a. I have not had that sort of live concert awakening yet. Are there any songs from the the mix that uh, Chris shared with us that you're hoping they're going to play? Uh, no, but actually, I, I did have a question for you, and that reminded me. Are, are there any covers? And you don't have to say a specific song, but like maybe from a certain band. Because, you know, in our discussion with Chris, we, we've learned that uh, they're really into Radiohead. They've done some Radiohead tunes. I know you're a big Radiohead fan. They've covered Ween. They've covered Talking Heads, uh, Beatles. So, yeah, is there... Um, we are recording this podcast in the parking garage at Matt's apartment before going to the show. There's some people walking by, and no one has given us any weird looks yet, but we're trying to avoid some um, audio leakage. Is that the right term? Leakage? Sure, leakage. You know, that, that's fine. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so any any, um, any artists you're hoping to see represented here in the, uh, the set list? I mean, yeah, I, if they did play Radiohead, I'd, I'd be pretty excited. I, they've played, like, Kid A in the past, which would just blow my mind. Yeah, anything. I'm open for anything. I I do love Talking Heads, so if they threw in a Talking Heads song, that'd be cool. But I don't know how they... I know that they've done, like, full album stuff, and I don't expect anything like that, obviously. I think they do that for, like, special shows. But, you know, anything that they decide to do outside of their, you know, repertoire of of their own music, I think would be kind of cool. If I recognize it, who knows? Maybe they're going to do, like, a, I don't know, Sly and the Family Stone song that I'm... I only know, like, one of their albums, so I'd be like... Fuck, I don't know this song, but there are some some things on the the mix that Chris shared that I really liked, but I don't retain names for songs very well. At least not recently with, you know, digital stuff. It's terrible. I used to keep like CDs in my car and so you'd always have that CD handy and I'd see the song titles and I'd live with it for a while. Now when it's on my phone, it's just kind of like an afterthought in a way, which is kind of a bummer. So like uh, I will have to let you know after the show when we look at set lists <laughs> that are posted online and we kind of go through and be like, yes, that was cool. And I know that song. So the only one I can remember the title of is David Bowie. And that's because it's called David Bowie. And I love David Bowie, although I didn't like the song David Bowie as much as I like David Bowie. Um, too many David Bowies. Yes, uh, there can never be too many David Bowies. But um, yeah, I, I also have just a trash brain for remembering the names of songs. I think not just having like CDs or the physical packaging, but even the act of making a mix for somebody uh, or, or copying an album. I, I did have a mini disc player. So I was always like ripping friends albums onto disc and like writing down all of the names of the songs in the back. And like that, that physical act of putting the song titles down sort of helped cement it in my brain. But now, I mean, even if you make a mix for somebody on Spotify and share it, it's just dragging and dropping. You're not, uh, you're not having to even type the song titles back in. So so did you do anything in particular to prepare for this show? or uh, I'm going to get high when we're done recording. Okay. Like, what's your method for this particular show? Oh, I just have, I just have, have some pot in a, a, a Pax vaporizer. I'm going to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, I'm not a... I'm not into psychedelics or anything, and I'm you know I'm not going to be like be doing whippets in an alley before we get in there, um, you know. And to each their own. Do what you got to do. Yeah, you know. I think that's you know some people say that's part of it, and I'm not saying like you need the the weed to to make the show better or to get through it. But um, you know, I do enjoy engaging with uh, music and film uh, after smoking a little bit sometimes. So it you know it that's in my wheelhouse. How about you? Any any prep work you're gonna do beforehand? 
No, my only prep work was moving for the past four days. So this is uh, my last day in my my old apartment, and we're utilizing my garage space here so we can walk to the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Um, so I'm pretty tired. That's its own form of, I don't know, whatever. And this morning, um, the cable guy came and set up the internet at my new place, and he dropped this large bowl on my foot, so I've now established a little limp. So that's kind of fun. That's new for me. That's about it. Yeah, I'm hoping there's some pretzels. I don't know why. I just kind of want a nice, not like, you know, crunchy from a bag, like a baked pretzel, you know, the soft kind of. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. Maybe a pretzel and a beer. I don't know. I don't typically get beer at shows, but I don't know. Living large, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? So, yeah. So uh, the next time you hear our voice, which will be in about, you know, like two seconds for you guys, um, it'll have been after we've seen the show. So sit tight. We'll be back in a second and we'll tell you all about it. Sweet. Right, so here we are. We survived fish. You'll notice a significant improvement in audio fidelity. That's because it was a very late night, and we decided not to finish recording in my car. So we're <laughs> back in the studio a few days later. You know, I went into the show being worried that because they play these really long and elaborate songs that at some point maybe I'd be a little bored. That wasn't the case. I was really surprised by that, but I was exhausted from as stated previously from moving, and I was fighting sleep by the end of the encore. But it was not Fish's fault. It was not Fish's fault. It was, I guess, my own fault. I mean, I had to move. Yeah, you moved. Yeah, we had planned to move. It was already a busy week, moving, yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, exactly. Yeah, I um, I can't say that there were not moments of boredom for me. Um, I definitely found myself, during certain songs, kind of losing and then regaining interest but that was kind of my experience with the band listening to it for our first show, too. There would be pieces that were, you know, pushing 20 minutes long with parts that I really liked and then parts that got a little, you know, kind of out of my wheelhouse and I'd lose interest. But I'd always come back. There would always be something in the song that kind of brings my attention back into focus. Yeah, overall, I had a great time. I really, you know, I had a lot of fun. I think seeing fish culture up close, live and in person uh, was a lot. <laughs> I it was really interesting because we had seats we were we were pretty high up so mm-hmm. we could kind of high up and I guess if you're looking at the stage um, if the stage is right in front of you we we're on the left side kind of high up yeah uh, to trays it, right yes um, so we could kind of see the layout of the band we could see all the synthesizers which I I loved um, synthesizers synthesizers all the synthesizers those kids in the synthesizers hey. Um, and it's interesting because the way the light from the stage, the band's light, would kind of cut through the crowd and you'd see these swaths of people dancing. 
uh, flailing their arms, but in like these tiny little pieces mm-hmm. and everything else in shadow was really fun. It was. And I mean, you could really tell that, you know, at one point I, I, I said, oh, that guy right there in the front looks like he's, you know, having a religious experience. I mean, people are, this is not a band with a typically, um, you know, mild fan base. Um, yeah, I would say that people like you and I in the crowd. Were the outliers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it, it was really, uh, you know, fascinating and cool to sort of see. I mean, first of all, I don't think I've ever been to an event in that. I've never been to an event in that venue that was that full. It was absurd. I mean, you could not see infrastructure once you were inside the place, besides the stage. Otherwise, it was just a writhing mass of bodies and they were all there because it's something they're passionate about and they loved it and and, you know that's infectious and certainly uh we did talk about this earlier in in this bonus episode and and certainly uh chris brought it up when we did our our first fish episode that experience is is absolutely lost when you're just listening to it at home and yeah i think i now have the full picture of of what Fish's music is because it's not just the sound, it's the the light show, it's, you know, their banter and their goofy, like, white dad dance choreography <laughs> that they did a couple of times. Um, and just that energy and, and the the sort of passion coming off of the fans. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really something. Is this something that you'd want to, to revisit? Do you want it, would you ever go see them live again? Uh, the circumstances would have to be right. Um, I don't think that I would seek out another show on my own that's for a number of reasons um i don't think i'm interested enough in the band to you know make sure that i get tickets within the moments of them going on sale Uh, it didn't change my opinion or my takeaway i still don't think that fish is for me but i'm really glad that we had this opportunity and that we we did this because i i do think we we not that we came to conclusions without all the pieces but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't, we did our best. Everybody, everybody told us, well, you got to see him live. Yeah. You did a fish episode and you didn't go see him live? It's not like, <laughs> we couldn't be like, hey guys, we, we want to do an episode of our podcast on your band. <laughs> Can you just, you know, set something up in the garage for us? No, um, at the time we did that episode, we had no idea that this tour was even happening or that the reality of getting to see them, you know, that, that. It wasn't in the cards. Yeah. And then luck would have it that they were coming through town. Additionally, we happened to get our hands on some tickets. It was yeah, it was great. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to see it and, and sort of gather some additional thoughts here. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you? Did this change how you left things after the first time? Not necessarily. I think there is a version of the band that does not appeal to me. And that's the sort of sticky kind of pastiche thing that they do where they're it seems they really revel in in doing different genres. And I admire that in, in a lot of bands. But sometimes to me, it just feels like they're kind of, not that they're going, you know, running through the numbers, but it does feel like an exercise. And there's that element that I don't always, it doesn't click with me. And there's an element where they're they're just really goofy. And, and it's charming, but I still, it doesn't always appeal to me. The element that does appeal to me is that kind of, proggy classic rock like where they're getting into these um you know elaborate jams where it feels like oh no this could spiral out of control at any second and it's not aggressive but there's a little more grit to it um 
which is not something I expected from this band. I expected it to be all these kind of like hippy dippy, mellow kind of like funky kind of things. And that's the, that's the element that doesn't always click with me. But when they are like being exploratory on their instruments and, and the sounds are reminiscent of like some of my favorite seventies rock bands, um, then yeah, it, it works for me. Yeah, I mean, the whole first set, or, you know, most of the first set they did were some of those shorter, goofier, uh, more playful genre exercises. And, and, you know, even at the show, you're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not into this. Yeah. When they came back, they were doing longer stuff, more um, aggressive isn't quite the right word. But, yeah, to your point, that, that's stuff that's more in the vein of that uh, 70s prog rock. In the first set, they played a few songs that were on the playlist that Chris made for us. And um, so I believe that was Maze and Stash. And both of those, and, and partly it's because, oh, I'm familiar with this. And when you go to see a live band and, you know, you get excited when you, you hear the hits, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought both of those renditions were pretty terrific. And that's the other thing Chris said to us. He said the band's hit or miss. And he went to the show on Friday night. So in one of Chris's texts before our show, he said it was a well-meaning snooze fest. So I think they played maybe uh, half of one album and they don't typically do that. So I think maybe that's why he was a little disappointed. Again, it's one of those things where it could have gone either way where we saw it and we were like, oh, this is this definitely doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it, a lot of it was really fun and, and, and pretty... Um, pretty interesting and, and and the band felt like they were kind of on fire and there was definitely moments where you could see that they were really connecting and really clicking and we got to see the drummer play a vacuum yeah that was bizarre yeah i didn't care for that song but it was fun to experience mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of it too we we address this in our first fish episode a lot of it feels like an inside joke you're not in on and that just comes with being a fan for years and, and knowing these songs in and out and, you know, knowing that, oh, when they play this, that drummer is going to come out and he's going to play that vacuum and it's going to be wild. And we're all going to love it. So, you know, we were very much outsiders in a lot of respects here. That barrier for entry is really tough to get over with not just a band like this, but any any piece of art that has this type of very dedicated um you know, very protective following, too. Uh, that was another thing that I noticed in some feedback is Fish fans are very protective of the music and the experience. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think we need to apologize for anything, but, uh, you know, it, it certainly was not our intent to be hostile. I think we were genuinely curious to to maybe get a peek over that obstacle, try to get a, our best sense of what it is people like. And I think we figured out what people like about it. I think what we also figured out is that not all of those things are what we look for. Yeah, for sure. I did text Chris afterwards saying like, you know, I I really enjoyed this and I honestly wouldn't mind seeing them again, but I'd like to see it with Chris. Yeah. Because I do think seeing it with him and because Chris is a very uh, nerdy dude when it comes to his, uh, the way he listens to music and as we talked about in the prior episode with him so i know there'd be all these asides if i were to see it with him where he'd point things out or or whatnot and there are definitely moments where as the band is playing and they're going into a jam and the song's extending and i'm not really sure what's happening there are moments where there'll be a transition and everyone goes crazy Mm -hmm. so it almost feels like oh well were they anticipating that transition because it almost felt like 
in time with the transition. Like they they kind of knew like that was the arc of the song. Yeah, there there was one song early on too where they would you know, they would briefly and very like dramatically stop playing and people the audience would either clap once or twice. And I was like is there a pattern that they know or cuz also like really bright white lights would flash in accordance with the claps. So I was like do they know that that's the game that they're they're supposed to like keep up with the lights, or, like. But again, it's it's understanding the language and and the sort of being able to anticipate certain things because you're so in it. And I agree that seeing it with Chris would be a lot of fun because, in addition to his enthusiasm being very infectious, he's also not very uh, precious about these types of things. He's very, I mean, you know, um, Weezer is a hard band to publicly love, and I'm not saying that as someone who dislikes Weezer. I'm just saying that it's very. Weezer's a, an easy band for a lot of people to make fun of just because. Sure. So, um, whereas Chris is really, you know, he's in it. He's got his show about it. But I think it's easy to dismiss a band like that. Yeah, I think that was the point of his show is saying, like, is there value in their later stuff? Are we dismissing them for no reason? And I think this happens a lot with with not just music, but any sort of pop culture where a narrative forms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes instead of interrogating this thing and really trying to pry it open and figure it out um people just kind of get into that lazy kind of narrative yeah um that was happening recently with a lot of people that were kind of mad at martin scorsese for his comments and saying like oh well you just make mobster movies and well that's not true in the slightest that just shows that you don't know anything about martin scorsese so it is nice to every once in a while to for us, especially with with fish, to kind of say like, well, what is it about this? And and try let's try not to be lazy about our our criticisms of the band. Let's really listen to this and 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 dig into it. And that's made this a a pretty rewarding experience. I've I've enjoyed a lot of it. I've I enjoyed a lot of the songs on the playlist, and I enjoyed going to see them live. I thought it was a really good time. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I. I- I'm not going to say it again. I, I said it already a, a few different ways, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad that we did get to see the whole package. The pieces really fell into place here. So yeah, so that was it. That was that was our our sequel to our fish episode. So um, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe cats will come back to town. <laughs> we can we can go see that. Yeah. What what what's going to be the third? In our the third episode on the trilogy of oh yes of, yes we we posted it to you our dedicated twelve Instagram followers <laughs> and got no response but we've we have picked two pop culture phenomenons with animal names that are often misjudged from the outside we did fish we did cats what would the other one be we could do a whole episode on baby shark there you go baby shark do 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 baby shark i did i did see my 4 year old niece do baby shark over the thanksgiving holiday and it was adorable i recorded elementary school talent show last year filmed it and a whole kindergarten class performed baby shark and it was insufferable <laughs> <laughs> no they were very cute they're very cute but then when you hear the song in its entirety you're just like jesus christ i I gotta go die. <laughs> I gotta go die. I, and and now it's one of those things where 
when I'm photographing little kids at weddings, sometimes parents will be like, do baby shark in order to get the kid's attention. Mm-hmm. And then when they see that I do it, because I've just been around it frequently, um, everyone's just like, oh, he knows baby shark. And I'm like, yep, I hate myself right now. Yeah, so thanks for joining us for our little bonus episode. Yeah. Um, fish. Maybe we'll do a third fish episode at some point in time where we meet, n- meet the band. Meet the band. Meet or, the band. Yeah, or, or maybe, maybe we'll get up on sta- stage and jam. Oof. Can you you going to jam? Yeah, no. No? You, you can play the kazoo? You're going to play the kazoo up on stage? I can play the kazoo, yeah. Okay. I could, um... could you... Uh, could you do like a scat thing, like skeeter bop bop, skeet bop bop. I mean, it'd be worse than that, but sure, yeah, I could do that. All right, I think Matt's broken. We're gonna go now. Okay, see ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to What Did We Miss? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us on social media at What Did We Miss, and you can drop us a line at What Did We Miss Pod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to the What Cheer Writers Club in downtown Providence. And if you want to learn more about them, look them up on social media at What Cheer Club and on their website at whatcheerclub.org.